prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro Podcast. My name is Xander and with me is... Craig WK. Hey, how about that? We're doing it over the internet because we're still quarantined. We sure is. Yep. So uh, we uh, decided to give the wives a break this week. Um, technically, I guess Glitch and Danielle could do an episode. We'll talk to them about that. I'm excited. I'd like that to happen, actually. That's ex- yeah. That'd be exciting. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we talked and we found a good, a decent way to record these uh, over the internet. It might still be a little uh, imperfect, but beats nothing, right? <laughs> it <laughs> sure does. I heard Noiseland Arcade couldn't hang and had to drop out. So uh, I'm not thrilled about that. I'm hoping we can change that sometime soon. I can just take over for Sean. That's uh, I've seen huh. the episode. Well, no, I guess I've not seen all of the episodes, and I certainly wouldn't do the research that Sean did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, that's never mind that. <laughs> you better not have me take over. Uh, but anyway, Legend of Retro is here, and we're delighted to finally be talking about Ronma Half Hard Battle for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, so Ronma Half Hard Battle uh, was released on the Super Nintendo, like you said, on December 5th, 1993. This fighting game pits a series of eccentric characters against one another by the diabolical and stupid per- Principal Kuno. Principal Kuno. Um, now, it's been a while since I've been versed in Ron Mahaff. Uh-huh. Um, I think we took our trip to Ann Arbor probably 20 years ago, close to. Uh-huh. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, used to be a pretty great place to go if you were an anime or video, video game fan. Yeah, uh, WYSIWYGs, right? Yes, WYSIWYG was a fantastic store. Um, Vault of Midnight's still there, so you can go get your comic book stuff, but it... It was, uh, WYSIWYG was interesting because it was all like Japanese import stuff, like stuff that we could only dream of finding on the internet was right there for us before yeah. we really started buying stuff on the internet. It was really cool to see these like video game and anime soundtracks in a local shop. Um, so we would try to make a pilgrimage out there as often as we could. And it see, I remember it seemed so far away when we were younger. Yeah, it's not really, it wasn't really much of a drive <laughs> no, now. it wasn't. It was like... Uh, maybe a 25 minute drive, but it felt like we were going on an expedition when we were like 16. Yeah, it really did. It was, it was a fun little adventure. And uh, uh, also uh, in the, uh, the kind of the front showcase of WYSIWYGs as a side note, oh, they yeah. had, they had a scale model that was like the size of a man. Yes. That was the MS-06S Zaku 2 Shark Custom from yes, Gundam. It was. it was so cool. Now, I don't know if you remember this, the very first time that, I mean, that at least I went out, I don't know if you had gone before, um, when we went with Arcade Phantom's dad uh, to WYSIWYG, the first time we went, it was in a little, like, a flat above another shop. It was almost like an apartment above some other store. I don't know if I went during that time. I think the first time I went was when it was. No, uh, right. you were there because it was. It was. Uh, hold on, kids! I'm going to cut off this van. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! That was. Oh god! I was so scared. Uh, maybe I pushed that part of my memory yeah, out because yeah. I was traumatized. Uh, yeah. So 
uh, Sean, the arcade phantom's dad, uh, who we lovingly refer to as Jedi Neil, drove a big blue conversion van. Like, uh-huh. you know, one of those that had like a sofa in the back and like, it, it was a family van, but it was very clearly intended for like, oh, if you need to live here, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we're all in the back of this van driving to Ann Arbor. Keep in mind, we're like young. We don't really know. We don't know the highways very well. So it all seems like we're going on this hours long trip, even though it's only 25 minutes. And uh, Jedi Neil has to merge and he, uh, he waits too long or who knows what, but all we hear from the front of the van, and we're like eight feet behind him, like all in the back, just doing whatever nerdy things we wanted to do. And we just hear, hold on kids. I'm going to cut off this van. <laughs> and the van completely <laughs> swerves to the left and he merges and we all lived, but we'll never forget that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that is true. I I remember that distinctly. Uh, uh, in fact, yeah, you know what? You're right. It was because uh, when I went that time, is uh, that was when I picked up the Ronda Half manga for the first time, right? We're all back. See, full circle. You thought I was just reminiscing for reminiscing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the the very first time we had gone out to this anime shop, I picked up the very first volume on a whim of Ranma Half. Mm-hmm. And uh, my life was never the same because I got super into anime after that. Yeah. I mean, you were already pretty, but that's what, yeah. that was like what dove you into like uh, just your manga collection. Like that uh-huh. was one of the very first ones that you bought. And it's funny to say that as like, we're, so you guys listening can just hear, but Craig and I are like looking at each other on the video screen. And behind him is just a wall of bookshelves with manga all over it. Yeah, I, I have quite a few. Uh, I've actually downsized my original yeah. collection uh, when I moved out of uh, my, my mom's place years ago. Uh, and I've even downsized it a bit since. Though I've, you know, certain collections I've kept going. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you don't count the uh, Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past mangas that I got through Nintendo Power in sixth grade... Ranma Half is my very first manga of all time. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, you finished it, and then I borrowed it, and then I was like, you need, you're buying more, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I distinctly remember having a hard time finding it in our area, and so I had to get it special ordered through comic shops. Yeah. Because they just didn't stock them. Like, they, they never didn't think manga would, like, be a thing. And yeah, now you can go into like bookstores and, you know, like, I mean, obviously there's always Amazon and stuff, but right. yeah, it's uh, uh, easy to collect now, but back in the day, it was rare. There wasn't much out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to, to get us back on the topic of the game, uh, Viz Media, who publishes uh, Ron Mahaf mm-hmm. in America, they brought uh, they, came out like a year before the anime came to America, didn't they? Exactly, yeah. So they started uh, printing uh, two chapters to a, a, a thin comic book version of it. Not even like the full graphic novel manga version that, you know, I had started collecting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in 1992, they started doing that. And so lo and behold, 1993 rolls around and this video game comes out. It had to be to drum up like, you know, in, like interest in the comics quote-unquote, right. of Ron Mahaff, because it's such a, like, who would rent this game and then also be like, oh, all this stuff is interesting to me and I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
But this, I, I don't think, was the first Ranma game to come to him. It was the first Ranma game to come to the U.S. that was still Ranma. I think there was one other one that came to the Street SNES. Street Combat. Street, what was it? Street Combat on Combat. Super Nintendo. It's yeah, not very they, good. And they it honestly the characters to like robots or something like that, didn't they? It deserves its own episode. It, it, it's, it's interesting that... that Does it yeah, deserve its own episode or its own retro relapse? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Street Combat for Super Nintendo was a Ranma half game that got heavily, heavily, heavily butchered and Americanized. Uh, I don't think it would have necessarily done very well as its own version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's super interesting to look at and see all the characters change and the moves and know which moves, you know, like are for which character, even though they don't look the same. Right. I. Uh, but uh, some of our listeners, I'm thinking, Xander, might have no idea what Ron Behalf is. Probably not. Would you like a little bit of a quick synopsis to refresh you? Uh, well, uh, as I was beginning to say earlier, it's been a while for me. I remember a couple things um, and a couple characters. So let me give it a shot, and you sure. can tell me how wrong I am. A- absolutely. And so Ron Behalf is a anime about a boy and his father. Ranma and Genma, yeah, um, who are fighters, right? Because martial anime, artists, yeah. Every anime in the '90s is about fighters, <laughs> um, and they fall into water, right? Like a special cursed fall, springs, a cursed spring, right? And so from then on, every time they get splashed with warm or cold water, they transform. Indeed. Right? It's it's not like every time they're hit with water, it's like if the water is a certain temperature, they go to a certain form versus the other, right? Yeah, so uh, when they're doused with cold water, they turn into the forms that that are that reminiscent. With. Yeah, exactly. So Ranma fell into the uh, the spring of cursed woman. Mm-hmm. So when he when he gets splashed with cold water, he turns into a female version of himself. And, yep, that is correct. And his father ter- fell into the spring of drowned panda. Yes. Uh, so he, Genma turns into a panda. Indeed. And so at the start of the anime, uh, apparently Ranma is to be betrothed to another martial artist's daughter. And so they, like, line the three daughters up, and the, the, the you know, father of these daughters, uh, Suntendo, is like, okay, my old best friend that I trained with is coming. His son is going to be here. He's a martial artist. One of you girls are going to take over the dojo with this guy. And they're like, ah, not feeling this. And what arrives at the door is a giant panda and a attractive young girl. Through zany antics, we find that other people fall into these springs. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous stuff happens. It's a romance comedy series by Rumiko Takahashi. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did Inuyasha, Urutse Yatsura. Uh, she is, a f- that, this might have changed in more recent years, but uh, a few years ago, uh, when I looked into information on her, she is the most wealthy woman in Japan. Wow. Because of all these series she's done and, you know, so much licensing throughout the right. world. Uh, but yeah, it's an incredibly charming series. It's one of my favorites of all times. And so for quite a while now with uh, Legend of Retro, I've been like chanting in the back, Rod may have hard battle, Rod may have hard battle. And everyone's like, I don't know, Craig. Yeah, so I, it's one of those, because I know you physically own this game, don't you? 
I do. When uh, we were in, I didn't even know it existed in sometime in high school or maybe like around the time we were ending high school, we went to, uh, uh, I think Funko Land had already changed to GameStop. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was looking in the case and I was like, what the heck? Is this an import game? And so I asked to see it and I was like, I think this was released in America. Uh, And so I bought it, brought it home and it's a Rob Mahaff fighting game. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> and I remember, I remember playing it a little bit with you, but not yeah. enough to where like, I just, I was confident I could do an entire episode, but I felt like, um, so much lately you've been like saying, Hey, we should do Ron. And we're like, nah, nah. And I was like, nah, let's just, let's just do it. Let's get it. We'll get it done. Cause I'm, cause everybody knows you hate having notes on your phone for a very long time. That's true. So, I, I hate doing research and then having it sit there for nothing. Right. Uh, um, it, it kills me. And we knew that that Chop certainly wasn't going to be able to talk to you about it, and Glitch probably wasn't. So if it's going to be you and me, let's let's just let's get it knocked out. So I watched some Let's Plays. Uh, I read up a little bit about it, and uh, and here we are. So it, it's. It's honestly not uh, uh, the gameplay is not that bad. Like it's it's no Street Fighter. Like it's right. not Killer Instinct. But if you're looking for a fighting game that's just not the usual, and you want something that's kind of weird and goofy, I mean, it's either this or Clay Fighter. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a cool uh, fighting game in the sense that like you can pick it up and play it with just about anybody. Whereas something like Street Fighter or I mean Street Fighter to an extent because people know it. But, like, older Mortal Kombat games and stuff like that, like, if you've played it and you're like, hey, do you want to play this old Mortal Kombat game with me? People are like, no, you're probably really good and I just don't want to play with you. Whereas Rama yeah. has, like, nobody knows how to play this game. <laughs> yeah. Play it. So it's, it's yeah, the, interesting in the fact that, like, you can go into it and everybody's on a pretty level playing field. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, And the controls are not, like, Street Fighter or, or even quite, like, Mortal Kombat. They're almost more like Smash Brothers where you hold directions and hold buttons for a while to activate moves. And the longer you hold it, the, the more powerful the move becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, uh, uh, which we'll get to the characters in a moment, but like one of your favorites, Ryoga, uh, he throws bandanas. Like they're almost like they're little, like, uh, uh, like wind blades or, yeah. or shurikens. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, as far as that goes, uh, the longer you hold it, he'll either throw one, two, or three of these, like, bandana, you know, shuriken, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so as far as that goes, the, the gameplay itself is is fairly simple. Almost a little frustrating in the sense that, like, a button masher could beat someone who, you mm-hmm. know, ha- actually knows the game. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of weird characters, uh, uh, which... Uh, do you want to get into now? Yeah, let's go over the over the cast. So we have both male and female Ranma, right? Yeah. Uh, that's so the, that's the only one that has both their regular and non-transformed versions, right? Oh no, there's one other character that has a uh, transformed version well, in this. Yeah, like the final boss, right? Yeah. Okay. The final boss. So, uh, yeah. So the yeah. so Genma fights as 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 his panda version. Yeah, it would be fun if there was a different version, but like, I mean, let's face it, you can't go wrong with him being a giant panda. Right. Especially not from a, like a, a I don't know what Ranma is, let's see what these characters are kind of aesthetic. Like, Yeah, exactly. That. Uh, in, in fact, Genma Sautome might be 
one of my favorite characters, not necessarily because he turns into a panda, which is comedy gold, uh, but he's such a lousy deadbeat dad. Like, he's not a good guy in the least. Right. He's a real big scumbag. He is. Uh, your favorite uh, from uh, the, the amount you've read in some of the anime you saw, Ryoga. Yes. Uh, Ranma's uh, eternal rival, right? Yeah. Uh, Ryoga uh, uh, and him fought a lot in high school. And it's funny because Ryoga at the start of the series is like, he hates Ranma so bad. And you're like, why does he hate him? Like, what did Ranma do? And what you find out is that when it was lunchtime at school, Ranma would, like, kick him in the face and, like, take his food and run off. And, like, that was it. So kind of like, uh, like Broly and, <laughs> and Goku. Just like... Yeah, basically. It's just real simple and dumb. Thing, and then it turns out, oh, he cried a lot. <laughs> Although, I think in Dragon Ball, they went for a more serious note, and here it's very clearly a gag. I. <laughs> uh, but uh, aside from Ryoga, we have the love interest of Ranma, uh, Akane Tendo, the youngest daughter of the, the Tendo or Sun Tendo. Uh, we also have, uh, let's see, another girl that likes Ranma is uh, uh, Shampoo, uh, mm-hmm. who's from the Amazon village that Jusenkyo is nearby, the, mm-hmm. the, the series of springs. Because uh, that's a part of the, the charm of the series is there are so many different springs where horrible things happen and people drowned or things drowned. Like Ryoga, when he gets wet, turns into a small pig because yeah. he fell in the spring of drowned piglet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shampoo turns into a cat. Uh, she fell into the spring of drowned cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, The guy who likes her, who hates Moose? Ranma because she likes Ranma. That's Moose, right? Yep, Musa is... Uh, Musa, uh, right. They're... They're both named after hair products. Right. You know, it's a gag. Uh, in America, it doesn't come out quite as well because it's very clearly our language. Right. But, you know, uh, Moose turns into a duck when he gets wet, uh, but he fights with, like, hidden weapons. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's also uh, Gosen Kuki. Uh, who doesn't really appear in the anime much, but in the manga, he's a bigger deal. And he's this, like, creepy goth kid who curses people. He, work, he like, lives at a temple and stuff. Right, but he, he doesn't transform? He does not, no. He just really, really has a crush on Akane and hates Ranma. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> as many of the characters do, because Ranma's kind of a jerk. Uh, and Ranma's but, uh, like, not super interested in Akane at first, right? Well, yeah, he, he feels like she's cute, but, like, they start fighting and bickering, and so a big part of the, the drama of the series, or, well, what little drama there is, is the fact that both these kids probably like each other, and they can't show it because they're just too embarrassed. To. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, we have uh, a, a, an especially weird character, the Gambling King. He looks like the king on the playing cards. The gag is that he he's, you know, uh, uh, a con artist. He, like, pilfers children out of their money at, like, mm-hmm. fairs and carnivals and stuff. Uh, but he himself is a really terrible gambler to adults. He can only con children. But Ranma's <laughs> such an idiot, and so they're both, you know, right. stuck in this, like, rivalry. Uh, but he doesn't appear that often. He's got, like, one little saga and never shows up. Uh, and then that leads us to uh, the perhaps the funniest character, pantyhose tarot mm-hmm. uh one of the hidden characters hapo is this old pervert and master martial artist 
uh, when he was in China at one point, he had uh, uh, helped a woman give birth. And the, the rule of their village is that the, the person who does that gets to name the child. And because he's a pervert, he named the child Pantyhose Taro. Mm-hmm. And then immediately dunked the child to wash him off in the spring of drowned ox, or I'm sorry, Yeti riding an ox carrying a uh, crane and a snake. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's this horrifying monster, and that's the final boss. Hapusai is, as soon as you said, like, I didn't remember what he looked like, I, and I still can't totally remember, but as soon as you said the name, I was like, I like that character. <laughs> <laughs> He was like a tiny little guy, wasn't he? Yeah, Haposai was uh, apparently in his youth was a, a full-grown man and very attractive. Uh, but when they show real flashbacks that aren't just him embellishing it, yeah, he's just this like pipsqueak of a guy who's really good at martial arts, but he's a real big scumbag. And he does the the traditional like Japanese bandit, like the thing tied under the nose. <laughs> yeah, okay. all the time. I, I probably should just look him up so I can for sure remember yeah, he, uh, uh, one of the gimmicks uh, of his yeah, uh, series. Yeah, exactly what I remembered him to look like. <laughs> one of his gimmicks of the series that I love is that he, uh, the Hoppo Burst is a technique he invented uh, that he says he's going to use on Ranma when Ranma disobeys him, but he can't remember it, so eventually he just makes fireworks that explode and then just throws those. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a really weird and wacky series, uh, but God, do I love it. It is just so weird and dumb. Yeah, I remember really enjoying it, and I think the reason why I stopped reading it was just like you hit a while where you weren't getting any new uh, books for a while. Yeah. And by that time, I had started reading um, Inuyasha and the Trigun manga mm-hmm. and... Probably Rave Master. Oh, no, no, I think Rave Master was much later. Not that much later. Uh, it was a little bit later, but yeah, Rave Master was another one that you got into for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, honestly, the, the, the history of like publication of like anime stuff in America in the early 90s is uh, uh, genuinely kind of interesting just because it's so weird and like some companies would lose the rights to things mm-hmm. like uh uh rave master which you read uh didn't get officially translated into english uh the last three volumes for like five years or something because yeah. they lost the rights and then some other company decided to take their time with it and, mm-hmm. you know so so yeah it's it's just real interesting stuff and so it's so bizarre to me that ron mahaff this really obscure manga that didn't even have an anime coming out in America at that time. It was just these comics got a video game ported and it wasn't that butchered. It was basically translated as it should be. Mm -hmm. That's right. We are going to, we are talking about a video game, believe it or not. (laughs) And it doesn't, yeah, it won't happen very often in this episode. I apologize in advance. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so let's talk about the story of the game a little bit. Yeah, so every character has a different story arc that they're going through, right? Just as yeah. most fighting games do. Um, Ranma has, is told that uh, if he defeats all of the uh, defeats all these people, he gets class credit and doesn't have to take any tests by the principal. Yes, uh, and it's it's worth mentioning that the principal is one of the enemies of Ranma, who supposedly learned how to be a better principal in Hawaii, 
And so he has like a Hawaiian shirt and uh, he, he's just always trying to annoy the kids. Right. Which makes sense because in Ranma's his story, he's like, wait, so I can just beat up these people and not have to take any of the tests? He's like, that's right. And then he beats all of them. He's like, yeah, but you still have to show up to class or something like that. And he's like, oh, you tricked me. <laughs> yeah, basically he he uh, uh, he gets, instead of being rewarded for beating up everybody, he gets punished because he was playing hooky. Right. Yep. Uh, is that the same for both male and female Ranma? Uh, I believe so. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, uh, the plots are the same for either version. Fair enough. How about uh, Ryoga, my favorite? Ryoga uh, is perpetually getting lost and uh, gets amnesia quite a few times in the series as like a gag. Yeah. Because uh, Ryoga so, is also in his, when he's in his piglet form, he's also Akane's pet, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. Um, and and like, he has a crush on Nakane, of course. Yes. You, and like you mentioned, he's perpetually getting lost. And one of the reasons you don't see Ryoga for a long time is uh, Ranma tells him to meet him somewhere and he goes the complete opposite direction and like wanders <laughs> around the entire world, right? Pretty much, yeah. He's just wandering throughout Japan. Uh, it's at one point, uh, uh, like Akane is like talking to Rama in the series, and she's like, "Were you supposed to have a duel with Ryoga like today?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, no, nah, I'll show up for that in like three days." And so he waits until three days later, and he's still early to the battle, and Ryoga shows up like like days later. What's really great is uh, in the video that I watched when Ranma and Ryoga fight, like at the very beginning, Ryoga's facing the wrong way. And then, like, <laughs> realizes he needs to turn around. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the game does such a good job of pulling the charm of the characters in the series and stuff. Uh, but basically, Ryoga has amnesia, and, and Principal Kuno tells him, ah, "Beat up these people, and I'll uh, totally help you uh, find out why you have amnesia." And then at the end, he remembers, and it's because the principal hit him in the back of the head, and so he lost his memory. Right, and he thinks that getting hit in the head more times will like fix the amnesia which of course it won't that yeah that's uh, i think flintstone's logic if i'm not mistaken uh so what are some of the other characters uh storylines uh i mean we could go through every little single one but uh as far as like kind of a highlight goes uh yeah, you I'm know sure there are a ton of duds oh i mean yeah it's i wouldn't even say duds just so much you know like you would have to be into the series and know it really right. well to get appreciation like shampoo has a crush on ranma so the principal tells her like hey ranma will totally fall in love with you if you beat up all these people i uh, you know i think for uh i uh, you know gosen kugi it's like oh well you know you you, you want to make a good impression on akane right like go beat up these people uh, and so, yeah, you, you have a bunch of stuff like that. It's all a bunch of hokey reasons to get you into the ring. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, you go through, you fight, you know, most of the characters. And then the final boss, unless you're Pantyhose Taro, is Pantyhose Taro, mm -hmm. uh, who's, you know, you fight him in his human form. And then after that, you battle him in his uh, cursed Ox. form. <laughs> carrying a crane and a snake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeti riding an ox carrying a snake and a crane. Yes. <laughs> it is so <laughs> wonderfully ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. It's honestly uh, uh, doing the research for this episode and, and talking about it with you. Uh, really makes me want to go through the series again. It does to me as well. Uh, like as oh, I'm good. remembering, yeah. If I, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of your One Piece manga over here, but 
one of these days I'll catch up on those and say, hey, maybe I should read Ranma again because it is such a it's just a, just such a delightfully like funny anime. Like it's, it's oh yeah, it's ridiculous and it's like charming all at the same time. It's just it's so it's really well done. It really is, yeah. Rumiko Takahashi does an amazing job. Uh, she covers pretty much just about any genre. Like, she's covered a whole bunch of stuff over the years. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as that goes, I think, uh, at least as of this recording, Ron Mahaff is available on Hulu if you want to watch the anime. Oh. Hmm. I take it you have Hulu? As I real quick, like, glance over at my TV, like, can I watch this without being distracted? <laughs> It's uh, the English version is available on there. I'm not a huge fan of the English voice acting for Ron behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's terrible by any means, but uh, but yeah, no, it, it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you have Hulu anyway. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, but I uh, oh, uh, there is something uh, uh, worth mentioning when it comes to other uh, Ron Mahaff games. Yeah, out there. Uh, so in my research, I was looking up other Ron Mahaff games, and you know this is about the only one that officially came to America as Ron Mahaff, uh, you know, excluding Street Combat. Uh, one that came out in Japan only uh, was a fighting game. Well, let's see. There was a, a beat 'em up that sounded cool. There's an RPG that I played a little of uh, with a translation online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the most interesting one is the fighting game that's on the PlayStation. Because there's rain effects. Oh, so they just transform so, mid-battle. Yeah, so you would transform mid-battle. And so, like, somebody like Ryoga, who's really, like, powerful and really has a lot of defense, if it rains, he turns into a piglet and he can't do anything. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, the the, the game, uh, as far as this hard, round-by-half-hard battle goes, uh, you know, it, it pulls special moves from the series, the Kashu Tenshi Namakuriken, the Hiryu Shotenha, you know, tons of different stuff from the series, you know, for all the fans. Uh, you know, the art looks, is very charming. Uh, honestly, for an anime fighting game, not bad. Yeah, for an anime fighting game released in 1992, not bad. Well, uh, 93, but yeah. 93, sorry. Uh, yeah, so as far as that goes, uh, uh, Xander, your, you know, favorite character is uh, uh, Ryoga. Uh, and so there was another Ron Mahaff story I wanted to tell that involves us. It sure does. I look- <laughs> yep. Uh, do you want me to start or do you want to? I- uh, no, by all means, go ahead and start. Uh, so we were um, going around to different local comic book shops. There was a... Uh, um, in Garden City, Michigan, there was an old place called GameSpot uh, before GameStop like, kind of was a thing. And they were horribly overpriced, but we would still go in and kind of look around because they had a lot of cool import stuff. And right down the street from them was A to Z Comics. We're like, well, yeah. why not? They don't have a ton of, of uh, anime stuff, but we'll go and take a look anyway. And we're looking around, we're looking around, and Craig and I at the exact same moment look up at the shelf and we see a piggy bank. That uh-huh. is yoga from Ranma. <laughs> the black piglet with a yellow and black bandana. Yep. And we both wanted it. And I don't remember, was it because I didn't have the cash or was it because you were just like, ah, it's mine? <laughs> uh, it was, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, uh, we asked, uh, we both wanted it. And so uh, I had told, the shopkeeper was like, well, I, he's like, I'll sell it to one of you, but yeah, I need to know who. <laughs> And so I think it was uh, me, sa- I think I had said, 
how about we just ought, like bid style? Like we, we go to the base price. Are both of us willing to pay that? If yes, move on. And the guy by the counter is like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll make more money <laughs> off this thing. And so I think it was like, I think it started at like $8 or something. And I think I brought it to like 15 and you had only had $15. So I was like, $15.25. Yep. And that first 75 cents I made off that transaction, uh, the change, mm-hmm. went into the piggy bank. Yep. And you would set that on top of your TV. And anytime, and you had a rule at your house, as anytime somebody came over, you had these chairs that would like lean back. And somehow always it would take the change out of your pocket. Any <laughs> loose change that fell out of pockets and hit the floor of the basement had to go into Ryoga. Yep, it was a way to pay for the pop that uh, uh, you know, uh, for like sure D&D Thursdays. We just wanted to make money off of our hapless <laughs> changes. And, always, and that much- in high school, everything was rounded to a quarter, so you were making quarters off that almost every single time. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, whenever it filled up and I cashed it in, it was e- even though I spent more money on pop on Thursdays for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way I didn't. I. Uh, it was still fun to cash in and be like, yes, yeah. look at all this money I made. Oh, <laughs> uh, that piggy bank. Where is that piggy bank now? Because I've not seen it since you moved out of your, your parents' place or your mom's place. Yeah, uh, it's in storage. I still own it. It's, it's, uh, it's in my box of my most treasured possessions that I didn't want to necessarily bring out. Right. Along with that uh, trophy that says 84, even though I didn't actually win it. <laughs> Oh, man. One of these days I'll find a Ryoga piggy bank and it'll be great. <laughs> In fact, let's see what eBay has to say about that. I, I really hope that there is one for $8. <laughs> Ryoga piggy bank. I, believe it or not, don't see any on eBay. Really? Yep. Interesting. Wonder if it's just like under Ranma, maybe. That could be. Uh, try Ranma Half Piggy Bank. I'm sure this is riveting. For our- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Xander needs a piggy bank. That's true. Nope, I'm getting getting the the manga. I'm getting DVD box sets, but no piggy bank. Interesting. That just doesn't exist. I wonder if it was something made in America. Cause like, you know, by the time we had found it, we were in like, you know, high school or whatever, you know, I'm sure it had to have been something that was uh, uh, made. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Like, cause I can't imagine they were making a lot of products for, you know, Ron Mahaff in America. Yeah. I don't know, man. You might have the only one in existence. Well, as far as we know right now, I do. And I'm pretty <laughs> excited about it. <sighs> well, think, speaking of exciting things, I think we should uh, take a break, listen to a word from our sponsor, and then we can get into the music of the game. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history, and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there. And it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle. And it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom shakalaka 
So who composed the music to this game? Ah, Xander, the music was composed by Toshio Okamoto, uh, who kind of gives a lot of the songs in this uh, game uh, sort of a almost Chinese flair, similar to the uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Okamoto was a composer on a game that you know. I know a lot of games. That doesn't really narrow it down. <laughs> uh, I, 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 let me give you a hint, Xander. It's your favorite uh, Mega Man-based sports game. Mega Man Soccer? He did the music for Mega Man Soccer. I knew I liked that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, Toshio Okamoto, I, I couldn't find a lot of other stuff he worked on. Uh, and so as far as that goes, uh, you know, this is that was one of the few games that like, aside from like a few, I think, Ron Mahaff games he did the music for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that never came to America. I couldn't find much else in America that you know he had had his name slapped on. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the music is is real weird and wacky, and it definitely makes you remember the anime soundtrack. Yeah, it's. I remember as I'm as I was going through trying to find tracks that I that I enjoyed. A lot of them are very weird, and so it, it took yeah. a while to find a song that I really liked. But we'll start with uh, one of your your picks, which is called. Uh, Primed for a Fight, which is the intro music to the game, right? Mm-hmm. The title theme, yep. Cool. So here is Primed for a Fight. say that this is more like kind of traditional Chinese or because it does have like both a Chinese and a Japanese kind of sound to it. Yeah, I think it's that kind of blend that they went for in Ron Mahaff. I'm not going to say that this is like traditional Chinese music by any stretch, uh, but I think that it's made to make you think of like China. Right. Like motifs in the song and stuff. Uh, Now, uh, as far as that goes, though, uh, we you know we we mentioned that it sounds a lot like the you know music that comes from the Ron Mahaff anime. Uh, what I'd like to do is actually uh, have us play a little bit of that. Uh, so the intro song for the very first intro from Ron Mahaff that me and Xander are very partial to, Ooh, yes. and uh, that way we can kind of you know have you guys uh, listen and say, oh yeah, that's why this soundtrack is so wacky. Yes. Um... This is the opening one from the uh, from the anime, and I this is there's a lot of anime theme songs that I that I used to listen to all the time. Like when I would burn CDs in high school, it was like fill in the blank anime opening, fill in the blank anime ending, and I've uh-huh. forgotten a lot of them. Like some if I look them up on YouTube every once in a while, I'm like oh yeah, and it all clicks back and I remember it. Ranma uh-huh. Half is one of the only ones that I remember. 
and like constantly get stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, and speaking, well, I'll, I'll save this for, for after the song. Anyway, here's round and a half opening one. Yeah, I had not listened to that in so long, but I still remember almost every single beat to it. What's even weirder is I've the opening that I pulled up was just the Japanese creditless, uh, doesn't have any of the Japanese or English translation, but I remember the very first line is uh, something like, my heart is not a game, but it's mahjong to you. <laughs> translates to. <laughs> and I don't know why that stuck in my head. It's 18 plus years later. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's it, it's such a fun series, and, and it's honestly it's it is one of those series I think that sticks with you. Uh, you know, a testament is that you've never even finished it. It's been years since you've even touched it, mm-hmm. and there's still a lot you remember and enjoy from it. So, speaking of having it sort of sound like more Chinese or what have you, um, Sarah and I do this dumb. That's not dumb. It's a, it's, it's a silly thing that we do when we have dinner is we always try to play music of, that is reminiscent to whatever it's native. So if we have like, Oh sure. Uh, like Middle Eastern food, Sarah will just pull up like a Middle East Eastern radio thing and we'll listen to that while we eat, like as if we're going to a restaurant or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why we started doing it, but it's just something that we do. And we, well, I mean, and I know you like music of all kinds, so yeah. it's not like it's just like, oh, man, it's I can't weird, believe I have to idea. listen to this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we had uh, Panda Express a little while ago, and Sarah was like, oh, I, would get, I guess we should play some some Chinese music. And I was like, Pandas, though? What about? And I was like, I just pulled this song up real quick, and I was, and they're like, oh, <laughs> our, another friend was here, was like, Oh yeah, I guess this is pretty Chinese sounding. As you guys are racist, this is Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, I sat there and, and ate my uh, my Panda Express to uh, round my half's opening. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, all the openings and ending songs of Ron the Half are, are, are really great. Uh, we don't have enough time for all that, though, but we did want to uh, at least play another uh, uh, song or so of, uh, uh, from the game. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, uh, we both, the, so the last song that we played today, we both chose. Yeah. So and I knew that would happen. So I picked this one as a backup. Uh, this is Ryoga's Rooftop, which is the theme of, of course, Ryoga from mm-hmm. Ranma Half Hard Battle. starts out kind of weird but it, it picks up it gets good yeah no it does i uh it, it once again it is like even though it's supposed to be maybe a little bit more of a serious theme it still kind of sounds goofy almost mm-hmm. you know it has, so it has these weird notes that i that sound like they're supposed to be in harmony but it sounds like they're just like slightly off in there sometimes so it's it's hard to tell if that's deliberate or not but i'd like to think it is yeah uh and so the song that we both chose was uh pantyhose plateau right that's the name of it yeah you fight okay. uh yeah you fight plenty pantyhose tarot on top of this plateau uh and uh, uh much like ranma having uh you know two characters and the same stage but at different times of day it's the same with pantyhose tarot where uh time changes uh in the level depending on if you fight him in his human form or monster form Mm-hmm. cursed form if you will right uh, but the song is the same fair enough so here's uh pantyhose plateau So this part right here reminds me a little bit of another game and I and I pulled it up to to see if you if you feel the same way Uh, this is um, from super punch out this is Rick Bruiser's theme and I think it's got that just that that same kind of like 
opening melody is very similar to this. And I could be crazy. Let me know if you think it's, if I'm right. It's a little bit faster. It is. It's pretty close, though. Maybe it's just that it has that same kind of sound, like that that electric guitar kind of sound to it. Yeah, it's almost like a tinny electric guitar yeah. noise. Yeah, I I I, I can set, I can definitely see similarities. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I mean, well, well. Uh, mm. So, uh, any anything else about uh, round my half hard battle? Yeah. So, uh, the. The, my my final thoughts on Ron Mahaff Hard Battle is that uh, the, the game itself might just be adequate. Like it's just an okay game that's that's surprisingly good for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, aside from that, though, uh, you know, definitely take a look into the series itself. Rumiko Takahashi uh, really, I think, outdid herself with Ron Mahaff. Like Inuyasha is the one everyone latched onto in the West. Right, uh, but I think Ron Mahaff is is way better. It's it's goofier and more you know comedy focused, but the serious moments are can still be pretty pretty you know uh, serious and fun. Yeah. Uh, so you know, check it out on Hulu. Uh, take a peek at the manga. You know, whatever whatever you're into. Uh, it's it's a little perverted at times. You know, of course, transforming from one gender to another. It, it's at times not the most uh, PC, right. you know, uh, but it's still an incredibly fun series. Yeah. Um, and let's, let's just be honest here, Craig. Let's just have a heart to heart. The yeah. whole reason we're doing this episode is so you can talk about something you love. Yeah. Because we don't have an anime show. No, we don't. Because think, let's think about this. You love old video games. Uh-huh. You love Dungeons and Dragons, and uh-huh. you love The Simpsons. You've made, yep. you've made, you've come to a show that talks about one of those, and made two others that talk about the other two. When are we getting Craig's Anime Corner? God, not soon enough. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, manga, uh, manga mania. I don't know. <laughs> I will say this: uh, the month of March uh, for State of the Zilla. Uh, our uh, monthly Patreon show for all members of our Patreon from $1 and up. Uh, LPJ and I did talk about the early, uh, our early, you know, interest in anime uh, from when we were younger and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, if you're, especially if you're a member of Patreon or if you're just considering it, you know, there's a lot of content there, especially now that you likely have a lot of free time on your hands. uh, It might be worth it. So you're telling me you've already recorded a podcast where you got to talk about anime. Uh, I mean, arguably I did that. I did this uh, episode for nothing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Uh, One last completely unrelated to anything devious or criminal. Where is this box of your most prized possessions located? Uh, A storage facility. Okay. In... Utah. Perfect. I mean, interesting. <laughs> Let's go to Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Craig, I have uh, a, a historical thing to tell you. Yeah? Maybe not. I guess not history. We're in AD 2020. 
in AD 2101, war was beginning. What happened? Somebody set up us the bomb. We get signal? What? Main screen, turn on. It's you. How are you, gentlemen? All your base are belong to us. You are on the way to destruction. What you say? You have no chance to survive. Make your time. Ha ha ha. Captain. Take, Take off, off that music. You know what you're doing. Move, Zig. For great, for great justice. We got to play Zero Wing. The glitch uh, he was setting us up the bomb. But we got the signal. <laughs> we turned the main screen on and we were so excited. Yeah, uh, the glitch is typically trying to send uh, typically bad games at us. Mm-hmm. Zero Wing is wonderful. Yes. It's uh, poorly translated. (laughs) Oh, so poorly translated. Historically poorly translated. There's a video online that that got popular in, what, the late 90s? Uh, Late 90s, early 2000s, I believe. And it's just the, the transcript from the opening to Zero Wing done in crappy automated voices through, like, uh, what would it be like uh, the Windows speech even, to, to text to speech function? I don't even know if it was that basic. Uh, but yeah, it's just like it's that intro, and then it just like gets into this crazy heavy techno beat with just like a bunch of meme pictures of just everyday things that have all your base are belong to us, like plaster photoshopped into it, and so just playing great. this this like weird version of the the level theme and, and just continue saying all your base are belong to us it's like a three minute long video but i can't tell you how many times i watched it in high school <laughs> oh god yeah we watched it so many times uh and so yeah the 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 intro xander and i did is essentially you know the from the game but what they don't really explain is that the ships are called zigs. And right. so when it says, take off every zig, they mean, you know, take off as in fly. Yeah. Take so off are... as in pilot it and fly away. Yeah. So in the more, so there's also a more accurate English translation that is in AD 2101, war, war has begun. And the captain says, what happened over here? The engineer says, it seems someone planted an explosive on the ship. Captain, we're receiving a signal. What? An incoming visual on the main screen. Visuals coming up on the main screen. You, you, you seem busy, gentlemen. Thanks to the cooperation of the Federa- uh, Federation government forces, CATS has been able to take over all of your bases. I guess it will soon be the end for your ship, too. Impossible. I would like to thank you for your feedback. Treasure what little time remains in your lives. Ha 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 ha. Captain, what should we do now? Issue an immediate takeoff order for all Zig units. Leaving the mission to them is all we can do. We're counting on you, Zig Fighters. Try to restore our future hope. For great justice. Which makes it seem, I mean, that's that's a pretty interesting setup, but... Yeah, it's not bad. It's about, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you have no chance to survive. Make your time. Ha ha ha. Yeah, the, uh, the, the intro in, in, you know, that we got over here is horrendous. Uh, and yeah, it, it makes a lot more sense, and it's actually not terrible writing. 
mm-hmm. you know, in the the more accurate version. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, it's it's such a big part of our childhoods. This this crappy yeah. crappy uh, intro. Uh, I played Zero Wing, I think, quite a long time ago, mm-hmm. but not enough. It was just sort of like a few minutes on an emulator. As soon as, found, as soon as I found out it was an actual video game, I absolutely like downloaded it and played it. And it's a it's a side scrolling shoot 'em up. It's deep. and it's an all right one, yeah. So it's it, it's not bad. It kind of blew up in the glitch's face. We had our Zig fighters ready to go for great justice, and we were so excited. You can watch it, the video; it's available now on on YouTube. <laughs> and we were so excited about this, and basically the same way we geeked out just now is the same way we geek out in the video. And I think I uh-huh. I don't think you guys let me play the song in the retro relapse video. But uh, as soon as we we stopped recording, I played it, and Chops is still like, "What? What is this? Why do you guys like this? Like, if only you had been there." Yeah, it was one of those been you had to be there moments, I guess. But like, it's interesting to me that Chops did miss out on it. Yeah, but maybe he just doesn't remember it. Yeah, it's weird that he's just a year younger than us, and there's so many like things that he didn't get exposed to. He needed better friends. <laughs> yeah, he did need better friends. Uh, anyway, what do you give Zero Wing on the uh, on the old eight bit scale there, Craig? Uh, eight out of eight for Great Justice. Me too. Eight out of eight. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, if I had to give it an objective number, I uh, eight out of eight a, for Great Justice. <laughs> yeah, eight out of eight for Great Justice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, man, the game it, it received uh, some positive reception when it came out, like night scoring like 93, 92, 93, 90, 89. Like Sega Power gave it a ten out of ten. Yeah, it's a solid shoot 'em up. It's it's not bad. It's not you know I wouldn't say that it's as good as UN Squadron, Space yeah, Megaforce. Don't get know. us wrong. If you if you're gonna jump back and play Zero Wing because we're saying eight out of eight for Great Justice, like it, it's not stupendous but for the time and like even i mean it still holds up it's just not compared to most of our other retro relapse games right yeah it's nothing out of out of their special but as far as like all of the games we've done for retro relapse it's definitely on the higher end you know what i i I will say though i you know for this game i think that you should probably make your time and play it Mm mm-hmm absolutely well, that leads us into our uh, stage theme bracket. We're chugging along with those. And, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I, I, it, it feels like it's been a bit uh, since I got to uh, uh, chat about some of these songs. Yeah, and I think today, um, a little spoiler for uh, those of you who didn't listen to the, uh, the bracket. This is a me versus you pick, isn't it? I believe it might be. Oh, wait, no. Did you choose this or did Chops? I, so the first the first song is um, Star Maze from Super Mario World or Super Mario Land Two Six Golden Coins for the Game Boy. This was a me pick. Oh, okay, then yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so this will be this will be interesting to see how it goes. Now, I don't. I've played Rondo of Blood. I just don't remember what song it is that you chose. So we'll hear that in a second. So we'll get my honest and raw reaction to what I think. But. Star Maze from Mario Land 2 is has always been one of my favorite songs. So, Oh, yeah. It is a, a, a really solid game. Uh, it is composed by Kazumi Totaka. Hey, all right. 
Uh, so uh, six golden coins, star maze. Here we go. Get ready to dance your booty off. going it is an awesome song it's it, it really makes the like those levels are are, are well not designed good. and fun anyway they're not fun levels <laughs> i don't know the the one where you're like dancing around in the the stars is tough but uh, not uh bad. yeah the, but the one where it's like a side of a forced auto scrolling level where that song oh is, yeah that's not a good level that's <laughs> tough that yeah level. but the song is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the music is so good, but at the very least, it is very pretty. Like yeah. all the stars and stuff, and like the space in the background. Mario in an astronaut suit. Yeah, man, that song is so good. And it's going up against uh, Castlevania Rondo of Blood, uh, Opus Thirteen, right? Yeah, Opus Thirteen. This uh, so Rondo of Blood is for the uh, Turbo Graphics sixteen uh, CD add on. And uh, was composed by Akira Soji, Keizo Nakamura, Tomoko Sano, and uh, Mikio Saito. Keizo Nakamura. Why does Ooh, that... Off, off the top of my head, I don't know, but I can it, maybe look Kaizo into it. Is Keizo or Kozo? Keizo. Uh, K-E-I-Z-O. Because Kozo Nakamura does Dragon Blade from Guitar Freaks. Oh, Keizo Nakamura is uh, uh, who worked on this. Okay. Uh, but you're right, yeah, Ko- uh, Kozo Nakamura is another uh, composer. Gotcha. All right, so op- uh, Opus 13 from Rondo of Blood. As soon as it started, 
Uh-huh. I knew it. And not from playing Rondo of Blood over and over again or anything like that. No, this song uh, reminded me of driving at night on my way home from work uh, in the wintertime because this was on one of your Christmas CDs. It was indeed. This was on one of my uh, Christmas CDs back in the day. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Craig used to make a holiday CD for his for friends, coworkers, who, what have you. And uh, yeah, there were always great songs on them. And this was one that, uh, this is from one that was in my, my car quite a bit, actually. Um, I want to say this one was like 2011 or 12. Uh, this sounds about right. Yeah, because I would have been. Yeah, because this was the. I think this this song either followed or preceded "Love You Inside and Out" by the Bee Gees. Uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds like it would be on one of my CDs. <laughs> I, uh, I I I no longer have like a CD drive. Most of my friends no longer have CD players, so it just sort of faded, and I stopped, yeah. you know, keep, keeping up the tradition. But since 2003, I think, no, 2002, uh, I have, I had been making uh, 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 Christmas CDs for everybody, which did not have any Christmas music on them. I just figured, you know, it's just fun to do mix CDs. Oddly enough, being, uh, being just a few days away from Easter, I used to always do Easter CDs that always had at least one Christmas song on it. <laughs> Indeed you did. Uh, but anyway, but, with the mix yes. up, that's a tough one, man. Because, like I said, they're both I, great themes. Yeah, I don't. I'd be interested to see which way this one goes. I'm. I'm I feel like Mario has a lot of just name power, you know. It has but a lot I mean, of name power. But Castlevania is known for having incredible music. <laughs> so. It does, and Rondo of Blood is no exception. The soundtrack. It might be the best Castlevania soundtrack of all time. Man, I'd have to listen to it and and hold it up against Symphony of the Night, man, because. Symphony of the Night is just a wonder. I own both on vinyl, and I was able to do so. I was able to play them back-to-back, and I preferred Rondo of Blood. Symphony of the Night has fantastic music, but, man, do I love Rondo of Blood's music. Yeah, Rondo of Blood might have just better you-can-listen-to-it-any-time music. Symphony of the Night is very thematic. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a tough call. But either way, you guys can uh, take a listen, uh, obviously, and vote on either Facebook. We have a poll every Thursday when the episodes go up. Uh, you can go on to Twitter, and you can uh, listen there, or uh, vote there. You can go on to our Discord and vote there as well. And then if you are a Patreon member of at least $1, you get an extra vote. Yeah, you absolutely do. Uh, on top of that, for uh, $5 a month, you have access to our Game Shark special, uh, which is, uh, you know, a monthly Patreon show that we, uh, uh, we amongst the Legend of Retro crew will put out. And, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, uh, they're, they're always a ton of fun as well. So, and they usually release in the last Thursday of the month. Yep. Um, any other business we need to uh, touch on before we jump out of here? No, uh, just that I hope everyone's staying safe. Everyone's For practicing, sure. you know, uh, social distancing. Uh, you know, if, if you guys are getting a little stir crazy, a little lonely out there, uh, by all means, go to gamezillamedia.com and our Discord link is there. Uh, that's going to be the best way to communicate with us. Uh, you know, you can chat with us directly about old video games. And then, of course, we have tons of other channels, whether it's D&D, Simpsons, 
action movies, video game news, you know, whatever, whatever uh, you're interested in. Yep. And uh, if you don't want to uh, jump into the discord, if you find that intimidating with all the other people on there and you just want to send some love to us, you can always reach out to us at our email address, which is legend of retro podcast at gmail.com. Um, we'll read every single one of those and uh, you know, what we respond to them as we get them. Um, so that's another way to reach out to us. If you're feeling like you need to talk to somebody, we're more than happy to, uh, to chat with you and be there for each other in this trying time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I hope everyone uh, stay safe out there. Stay away but, from cursed ponds. Yeah, don't fall into any cursed ponds. Anywhere where something drowned, just avoid it, all right? Be safe. Don't be, don't be silly. Yeah, don't, stay, don't. stay six feet away from those as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when, the, when the tour guide tells you that a Yeti riding an ox holding a crane and a snake fell and drowned in this pond, I know that's very curious. I know it sounds very interesting, but just don't do it. Admire it from afar. Very afar. Speaking of afar, I need to plan a trip to Utah to a storage unit. So we'll catch you next time. When the legend continues.